double shot with your favourite cousins, James and Alex Fitzgerald. James is out. Tom, tax Tom, is in. Welcome, yeah. Tom. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> uh, good, to, good to be here on the podcast. I'm really in for James. I'm excited to have you here, but I, I'm also apologetic <laughs> because I always call you tax Tom and oh, I feel well. like, you know, you can't get away from it now. All right. I've, uh, <laughs> I've been called worse. Well, I'll, I'll take that. Okay, so okay, so we talk about you all the time on this podcast. So <laughs> Tax Tom knows. I will ask him. I will defer to him. Or we should finally get him on. So yeah. amazing! You're finally here. Um, long time coming, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna like put out a series of a few episodes with you. Um, so buckle down. You're gonna be with us for a couple of weeks. Um, but today we will know a little bit more about Tom. So you're an accountant. You legally you legally specialize, or you specialize in legally, I should say. Avoiding tax. Yeah. Well, wouldn't use avoid. Let's use uh, minimise tax as best we can. Um, <laughs> well said. It's you're silly not to, aren't you? Um, Absolutely yeah. silly not to. That's right. And why Why and how did that become your, your chosen path yeah. in your life? Well, yeah, interesting. Well, obviously you go through the school system and you might know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. Um, I probably at school wasn't something that, thought I would go into. What, six months from finishing year 12, started in an accounting firm, so doing tax returns six months after finishing school. And and today you own your own business, which is Crescent Accounts, correct? Yeah, correct, correct. So yep. we've been um, we've been around, you know, six, seven years now. Got a team of eight, a lot of um, clients with investment properties, a lot of self-managed super fund clients mm-hmm. and a lot of startups too, noticing oh. now. Um, yeah, the past few years, there's people branching out, um, whether either doing stuff on their own or in conjunction with working as well. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. really anything in the tax business space that we, we, we assist with. So um, I'm going to ask you, mm. how much tax do most people pay? You get a lot of clients, you see a lot of numbers. What do most people pay? Yeah, um, too much. Oh, <laughs> too I love, much. Too I love much. It. Yeah, it's it's there's a lot of I guess there's a lot of myths out there, um, a lot of uh, stories that get thrown around of what you can and can't claim. But hopefully, we'll go over a few of the Ooh. few of the interesting ones today. So, okay, let's unpack that. We pay a lot of tax. Mm. How can we legally reduce our tax? I mean, there's no real magic bullet to saving enormous amounts. Okay. It's just flipping little things up as you kind of go along. Mm. Um, all around, I guess if we touch on like work expenses with employees and self-employed. Um, a lot of people, oh, what can I claim? What can I claim? Yeah. So that's where you really first place is what, what expenses, take someone, for example, relating their stuff through the year. What am I using that's relation to my income? So what do I need for work? Mm. You know, most things are probably supplied in most cases. Yeah. Um, but there might be things, you know, whether you've got to go off and do education courses, um, purchase equipment for work, all these type of things. Um, just just keep good records. You might be working from home. So have you, you know, diarised your hours, you've done from home. It's it's just keeping good, really good records um, of the little things that might be missed at the end of the year. Because mm-hmm. we're all spending spending stuff related to, to work through the year and it just can be missed. So record keeping is a good one just on all these mm-hmm. expenses, you know, whether it's work-related clothing, all that specific stuff. I mean, a big thing probably we find as is um, the clients that we see is I mean, the main cost for most is their motor vehicle. So right, right. 
especially now for fuel prices, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That and um, all the other all the other running costs associated. Mm-hmm. So not not everyone probably again. Um, uh, Misconception or conception is just driving to and from work. Obviously, yeah. Never. I was going to say, can that is not tax deductible? No, 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 that's right. I didn't that's think right. so. Okay, yeah, but if so, to give the example. Like, let's say you were travelling between two um, clients or two interview, uh, two offices, for example, mm-hmm. two sites, and obviously all that travel becomes deductible. Yep. Um, carrying, Even if you work for someone else, not yourself. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. 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 Um, but you probably see in most cases, the, in some cases, the employer would cover these costs. I was going to say, surely. Yeah. Yeah. But there's still, I mean, there's a lot of small businesses out there which mm-hmm. put a lot of costs to cover for all this stuff. So, yeah, but yeah. yeah, more often than not, it's all covered. But yeah, even if there's odd trips. Um, and so I guess the other, so that's the main kind of travel that we can deduct as well. Uh-huh. Um, what about um, What about work clothes? And I'm probably urging this towards self-bias here, but what about workplace? <laughs> I you going to ask about handbags. <laughs> no, 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 not like I got thing. that one before. No, more about the power suit, more yeah. about the power suit yeah. than the, okay. uh, the handbags. Oh, good. Power good, suit good, with good. a good good pair of Nikes. So, yeah. you, know, theory, you know, I wear Nikes to work probably four days a week, you know, yeah. not in a sloppy way, Tom, yeah. more in like a power suit way. Like my Nikes tax deductible and, <laughs> and my power suit. Dead serious, dead serious question. Yeah, yeah. Probably won't want the answer then. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. No, nah, the closings, it's very, yeah, it's a very specific one. Um, that it's uh-huh. it's yeah, occupational specific, so. Uh, also doesn't include, is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, no. What? <laughs> It'll look a certain way at work. I know. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's, it is an odd one. Um, it's got to be more specific, you know, logoed. Employee logo, which is know. stuff that your employee would bloody pay for anyway, wouldn't and that's it? right, and that's right. So it's not really even a, a common claim anymore, right? Okay, um, because it's it's yeah, it's, it's all this stuff's very general. What if I just had a really good idea? What if yeah. I made my Nikes steel cap, steel cap Nikes yeah, to go out on site? Safety mm. necessary. Yeah. If you want to go on site, the civil contractors always make you wear steel caps. Yeah. Steel cap Nikes, surely they're tax deductible. Yeah, well, they're still cap protective boots, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, they are. They just happen, ha- happen to have the tick on them. This has a tick on them, a yeah. A tick of occupational health and safety approval. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, back to deductions. I mean, all those all those things is just keeping, like even if you're unsure. So we always say, look, keep good records of everything, um, dates, you know, purpose of why you bought things and just check mm. with your accountant at the end of the year and mm-hmm. they might say, no, it's a clear no or, you know, okay, that one's great. We need a portion like a work use versus personal use and things like that. Oh, my days. Yeah, so it's, yeah, keep, keep everything even if you're unsure and uh, check with your accountant at the end of the year. But a bit, the big one's the car, which we find. So it's mm. it's you know, whether you're driving between workplaces or carrying you know, bulky tools, a lot of trades, trades that, um, yeah, and they can't leave the tools on site at work. No They've way. got to cart them Um everywhere, home. Mm-hmm. So then all that travel becomes deductible. So what we normally say is keep keep a good logbook, like keep a 12-week logbook, and that's that's probably where the big deductions come, especially with a car that's, let's say, $40,000, $50,000 car, it's yeah. under finance. Keep a good logbook for 12 weeks. Um, then the depreciation becomes a deduction, the interest, and then all the running costs. So it can become like a three, four times claim of, of the normal method. 
mm. just by doing a um, doing a logbook. So but, if you can if you can be bothered to take all of your yeah, all of your notes and all of your logs, like you actually yeah. you actually yeah. it'll pay dividends. Yeah, and that's that's like the trade off that we normally explain is look, it's a bit a little bit labor intensive, yeah. but you've got to log every trip. So just sit down every night. Yeah. What have I done? Where's my odometer? Like I did this trip for personal, mm. this for work, mm. this for work. So mm. it's the, the the trade-off might be instead of a three and a half thousand dollar tax deduction, it's mm. a it's a twenty thousand dollar tax deduction. Woo, woo, um, so woo. yeah. You put the work in if, oh, if you're in that boat. It's kinda of like properties, you know, there's a lot of admin involved and like it is a little bit of a nitty gritty, but it's absolutely always worth it. Yeah. Yep. You know? Yep. So, yeah. Grin and bear it. Actually That's with and I'm going to ask you this question, mm. but without learning, naming names, not that you would because you're not that, not that kind of guy, um, do you have a client who's like gone whack on all of the deductions and they've legally reduced their tax by like a significant amount? So let's say, you know, they earn 94 grand, um, that's their gross income, they'd normally pay $21,000 in tax, um, but because of all the deductions, you know, they've paid 10 grand, 5 grand, way less, half, less than half. And again, they're very rare. Um, especially oh, with really? Like, yeah, because especially with working. I mean, it's, let's say if they are no, no properties, no super contributions done. Obviously, very hard to have deductions when we're working. Oh, so 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 okay. So you're saying it's very hard to do if they don't have all of these things, i.e., property, self managed mm. super, blah blah blah. But 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 I'm just picking up what you're putting down. You're saying had they had all those things, it, it would obviously be significantly easier. Yeah, yeah. You find find the ones with the I guess reducing their taxable income. Mm. Really going to reduce it through deductions, work related. It's very minute. Right. Otherwise, you'd small. kind of say, "Why am I working if I've got tens of thousands in deductions?" Which is a bit unrealistic. <laughs> um, so, you know, you might have, uh, and we do see it. Clients, various properties. Let's say they're negatively geared, so they're reducing their taxable income. Mm in turn pushes their tax refund up. So that that's a common one, mm-hmm. especially newer properties with depreciation, higher rate of interest and things like that. Mm-hmm. Probably have the other one where they've done money into super as a contribution. Yeah. That reduces your personal income tax as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you need to guess where you're at. Yeah, like if it's worth it for yeah. you or not, you know, depending on your age, et cetera. Yeah, that's right. Because once that gets locked into its vault, yeah, you're... Yeah. 60, 65 and might be 70s by the time we kind of get there. I'm just not ready for that kind of commitment, Tom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. after marriage, I'm just not ready for that kind of commitment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another one. Another one. It's another one. <laughs> so um, I had a client ask me this the other day. I don't know why they asked me because I was like, I am not an accountant. But if you if you fluff up your tax return or like you forget to claim something that's significant and you've already lodged it, can you go back and, and change it? Yeah. Okay. So that'd be a... An amendment to it. Oh, okay. So you can do that. Can do that. Is You've there got, a limit to how many times you can amend it? There's not a limit. There, there's a there's a time limit though. I mean, traditionally you've got two years. Yes. From when the assessment's been issued of the year you want to amend. It, there's stipulations outside of that. Like in extreme circumstances, you can go back further. Changing the law or something out of the box, mm. you can apply for special circumstances. Is that both business and personal? You've got uh, that time limit, or yeah, like per, businesses have Business have a little bit longer, but personals, you know, sole traders, individual. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So two years. I mean, it's but doing the amendments fine. I mean, it, it's not ideal. Huh. I try and get it right first time, but I things just, might pop up. Yeah, I don't know why I just didn't expect that answer to be yes, but like it, it makes sense. Yeah, you, you probably <laughs> want to be rock solid on on what you're amending. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Have 
have good records and um, but it's yeah yeah it can be done and it's not uncommon. Oh okay. And um, I want to know: Is there any way you can make money and not pay tax? That's really what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, wow! It's almost like legally. Yeah, that is moves, probably the best if question. It, if it moves, huh? If it moves, they'll tax it. It's getting harder and harder. That's for sure. One, as you know, the one piece of property that isn't taxed. Iron home. Oh. That's the one. I, was, I wasn't sure if that was a question or a prompt, but like if this was a pop quiz, I think I just You got won. that one. I'll give you that, I'll give you that one. <laughs> okay. Ding, 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 ding. Give that one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, so look, that, 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 that's... Own home. Yeah, own home. Main Huge one, looks, actually. Yeah, oh, massive. And for most people, it's like the, the well, what I'm explaining is it's, it's like your only tax-free hit that's still exists, really. That's, um, and it's like a massive one. Yeah, yeah. For most people, it's... It's the biggest one or and gives them a bit of a kicker along the way. I mean, most if you're losing close to 50% or even 40% mm. of any other gain, gain on the own home is um, can be significant, which you might be able to put to work. Absolutely. And other properties and, and whatnot. So, yeah, look, it's good. Let's hope it stays around. Um, oh, that'd be crazy if you didn't. Actually, actually, I've got a question on that. Mm. Say you, you, you've got... You know, you sell your house, your own home. Um, it's tax-free money. You get half a million dollars in the in the bank. Um, it's clean money. You don't pay any tax on it. But you decide, no, I don't want to buy back into the market. Or you know, you meet someone and move in with them, and you never have to pay any rent again. Does there is there a time that like you then have to start paying tax on that money? Or like I understand you'd have to pay tax on the interest that you're making on that in the bank um, if it's significant. But is there a time limit? Yeah, no, no, that's, huh? that's, yeah. So okay. you do what you want with it, really. Um, do what you want yeah, when you want it. for as long as you want. That's right. That's okay. right. On right. The, yeah. So it's truly, it truly is tax free. Yeah. So, so when I say main residence, so there's obviously would have had to be in your own home, lived there from the day you bought it. Yep. Till, well, let's say from the day you bought it, that's the first box you need to yeah, tick. Yeah. 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 Um, it couldn't have been rented out. For a period of six years. So I always give the example, like buy the family home, live in it for 10 years, then we move out, mm-hmm. you rent it out to somebody else, go and live somewhere. You rent it out for five years, let's say, and then Ooh. the fifth year you sell it. Yeah. So they have a six-year rule because you rented it out for less than a six-year period. Okay. Did you remain that? Exemption, Ooh, your okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so that could change. That might change. Yeah, yeah, that might change. That might change. I guess that's on the basis that you aren't claiming your exemption in the next house for that mm. period. So mm. I look at it as like a timeline. You can only keep that exemption for one. You can't double dip or have anything. But, yeah, so if you rent it out for 10 years, then obviously it's a prorated calculation. Yes. Um, but for the most part, buy the house, live in it, sell it, never rent it out. Got your, tick your main residence box there. Keep it simple. It's a good, it's a good, um, it's a good one. So... You want to really preserve preserve that as best you can. Mm. And and I actually want to like fully unpack that on the topic of, you know, building a granny flight out the back and all that. But I think that um, you and I might do that on an episode next time. That, that's an interesting uh, – that's <laughs> that's another – yeah, complications associated with that. <laughs> I know, I know. We, we've actually talked about this at length, haven't we? So I definitely need to give you the opportunity to talk about that on the pod. Um, but, but maybe not today. I've got two more questions for you. Yeah. Um, the first one is um, tax variations, you know, 
Like I want to hear your definition of a tax variation just because it might be a lot more concise than what I normally say. Um, but basically what is a tax variation and how do you do one? How do you get one? Yeah, there's probably a um, few ways you could explain that one, but I'll try and put it simple terms. Put it in a tax time way. Ooh. Well, we try and keep things too. We try and keep things simple because we need people to um, end it. It is very confusing. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, best. But so tax refund. You know, we'll say okay. Let's say every tax time with your negatively geared properties, you're getting a ten thousand dollar refund. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so instead of getting that ten thousand dollars at the end of the year, waiting twelve months, you apply to the commissioner through a tax variation. Basically just saying, look, I'm going to have these properties making a loss again. I'm going to get my $10,000 refund at the end of the year. Is there any chance I can alert my employer to take less tax out so I get more each pay cycle? You go, well, what happens to my ten grand at the end? Well, you obviously don't get that. You're just getting it in, in weekly or fortnightly increments. Um, so you're getting the money through the year as your refund instead of the big hit at the end. So like you're effectively being taxed less throughout the year. Throughout the year, yeah. So so end result the same. You're always going to pay the same amount of tax. It's yeah, just yeah. you're getting the better use of that money through the year um, because... Oh, and it takes a lot of discipline though. It does, it, it does. I actually, I yeah. had a tax, re- like, sorry, tax variation like maybe five years ago and didn't really work out very well, <laughs> like... It was incorrectly estimated. I ended up having to pay tax at the end of the year or whatever yeah. happened on yeah. a bill. I was like, that's, oh, you, you're joking. <laughs> yeah, and that's where, again, it's only an estimate and it's hard because you're yeah. estimating the year in advance. Well, it's so hard because mm. like your rent might go up on your properties or like interest rates might go down or up and I think that's actually what happened to me was interest rates dropped quite significantly and then my rents or they didn't really go up too much, but maybe like 10 bucks a week or so. But then like there was quite a disparity and, you know, I was actually making money on those properties where I was previously making a loss um, sort of on, on the cash face face yeah. value. Um, so That's a big risk. Yeah. That's a big risk. I know. Um, I guess didn't you do just, that again. <laughs> yeah. Didn't or do you, that again. You could almost, I mean, w- w- how we prepare them is we probably – Leave some room to move. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and you just have to be aware that it's only ever an estimate. You shouldn't be spending it, expecting it to come in anyway. Yeah. Um, just, just It's an estimate. It probably works. Obviously, it's going to work in your favour if the interest rates go up through the year because it's another expense, which yes. you probably underestimated. But yes, like exactly. you just said, yeah, like you said, the rent goes up when the interest doesn't. Um, you just pushed your income up through the year when you've estimated it wouldn't yeah. go up. So estimating twelve months in advance is tough. Like, yeah. like you know, for me obviously, but you know, even for accountants, like we don't know. We didn't know interest rates were going to go up. You know, eleven times back to back. We didn't know rents would go up two hundred bucks a week in some areas. You know, like yeah. But but look, I mean, we shouldn't we shouldn't talk tax variations down too much because they actually can be very beneficial. No, they're good. To my no, they're good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good, and they're probably more um, attractive now with. The yes. increase in the interest rates yes. as compared to a year or two ago. Exactly. So it's yeah, it's worth um, it's worth doing. It, it some people it's funny some people the angle of cash flow like they don't want to know cash flow they'd rather it at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. a forced savings. Yes, yes, but yes. A lot of people the other mindset is give me the money. That's right. Or they might <laughs> have a family home where there's the mortgage against it. They'd rather it in their yes. offset account. Yes. So it's. 
depends how, how good you are. Um, it comes like, back to probably budgeting for all this stuff, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, oh, no, totally. And even from a personal budget side of things as well as an investment property, just go through it all, see how you stand. Do you mm. want to do one? Mm. Mm. Maybe not. Yeah, no. absolutely. i got to say the big tax chunk is pretty good at the end and then you can pop that in your offset account as well, but, you know. Yeah, as, yeah, as long as you don't mentally spend it don't, beforehand. Don't, don't spend it full friggin' stop. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, wait no, till no. it actually comes first. Um, everyone spends it. Everyone gets on the plane to Bali. Yeah, I know. Holidays, building holidays with my... The, the, um, the Jetstar deals and the Harvey Norman ads, huh? <laughs> exactly. Um, biggest mistakes you see when it comes to people handling their tax. Like what we're all making mistakes, no doubt. I'm probably making some of them myself, but just give us like the top three, you know, biggest mistakes that um, us and all of our double shot listeners can pretty much, you know, make note of and not do. Yeah, mistakes. Probably go back a few points. Uh, record keeping, keeping expenses, keeping good records of all those. Yeah, you see it, see it, see it a fair bit. Just people unsure of what they've spent through the year, mm. and again, probably just mentioned is that's the key to to all this is just keeping um, keeping good records, know what you're spending personally as well, um, not just just work stuff. Oh God, that's just you're asking a lot. Yeah, I, <laughs> personally, I know, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe don't go that far. Deductibly, yes, I've got yeah. a pretty good idea. Yeah, but personally, no. Yeah, it, well, it's probably just a good habit to get into. It is a good Because when, when you're preparing your tax return, there's all these work costs mm. that you're no doubt having. Um, it, but it's a long year, 12 months is a long year. Yeah. And a lot of stuff can happen. And it's just, just like I said, all the little bits are going to help. So just keep 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 good records of, of all that. We, a few years ago, uh, ATO went through an audit get them now and again and mm-hmm. the client had legitimate expenses however had misplaced all records calendar everything um, left a previous employer and obviously no access to it didn't keep copies etc so oh. she then got yeah, a lot of those uh, claims denied Ooh. so that probably touches on good to keep the records but obviously you should keep them for the five seven years yeah um, yeah and like maybe on your personal <laughs> devices yeah <laughs> your work devices that's right that's right so Cheers. lessons learned there yeah look just be organized understand i mean understand the system a little bit um, what we try and do is you know educate each year go through all the expenses ask everything we can with the view to okay that prompts you for next year okay gee and we went over those items i should actually keep that stuff they're probably the the main things. That be, I guess you could even breach that branch that to the property side of things too, which you probably see mm. is um, being completely aware of of the deduction property wise too. But again, oh, absolutely. Rich. I mean, you know, like a lot of us, the biggest mistakes we make is relying a lot on our accountant um, and and not being, I guess, talking about our properties. Um, lying, I should say, sorry, Tommy, didn't mean to offend you, but relying solely on our accountant, you know. Um, so, you know, ensuring we have all those records, all of those things for our properties, but, but you know, like understanding what we can claim, um, especially, you know, before you're buying a property, if you understand everything you can claim, like also give you somewhat of an idea of your cash flow as well that's, when you've actually settled that, yes. that property. Yeah, yeah, obviously accountants can assist being aware of all this stuff, Keeping good records, 
personal situation. Mm. But you can you can understand it a lot better, make better decisions, and um, be across it. We try. I try. Yeah, yeah. You can only you can only do that. You can only do that. Um, but in terms of other mistakes, yeah, gee, I mean, you do see uh, probably it's it's in a whole nother topic, but oh. people coming to us buying investments, not just property, but other investments, yeah. I'd say, and maybe doing it in a, a structure that's not suited to them. Yeah, they, right. they, they just go and do it. So we always say, look, at least come to us. They don't ask. seek your advice first or like have the comparables. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We always say come before, don't come, look what I've done, ask what, <laughs> this is what I'm thinking of doing. Oh, I know. I know exactly <laughs> the one. Hi, I've, I've gone and bought my company and uh, my, my property in a company trust yep. and it's to protect my assets from so-and-so and so and then they don't realise, you know, that nothing in it is like or it doesn't have the same tax deductibility as like your your personal purchase in your own, own, own name. And that, my friend, is definitely something we're going to unpack cool. in another episode because I actually want to ask you all about that because it's something that even I've toyed with. When none of my properties are in a, in a company entity, they're all in my own name and then I go, well, maybe I should look at at not doing that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, pros, <laughs> gonna, pros and cons. 100%. So I'm going to ask you all that in the next episode for sure. Yeah. If you'll come back. I will. <laughs> Least convincing answer. I will. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. All of right. course I'll be back. Okay, I'm sorry for peppering you with everything this morning. Uh, we're going to get really good at this and the next couple of episodes we're going to – I'm going to go a little bit more rogue. So I yeah. think next time we'll talk maybe more property specific and then the the time after that because I'm going to – by the way, I'm getting you back another two more times. Sorry. Okay. Um, okay. But um, – <laughs> and then I want to ask you um, just some like random questions, you know, like just random tax things. But you know, we'll leave those for another day. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Yeah. And um, everybody, Tax Tom, how can we contact you, my friend? Yeah, we're uh, we're very very contactable. Let's say, um, oh, lovely. Yeah, I mean, look, any of the channels, uh, we've got website crescentaccounts.com.au, mm-hmm. all our social media platforms, you know, Crescent Accounts, we're we're findable on there. Uh, email, phone, yeah, it's all listed on the website. Beautiful. And the uh, social media. So I'll, um, I'll put your email in the show notes of this episode. Yeah, also, okay. Yeah, yeah. we'll uh, happy to assist anyone and. Um, and make it's freaking good notes and records. God damn it, okay? Notes. Yeah, protect yourself. Protect <laughs> yourself. That's, a, that's, that's the first thing. All right. I'm off to do, go do my spreadsheets. All right. Enjoy. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of The Double Shot with your favourite cousins, Alex and James Fitzgerald. If you've got a burning question or something we absolutely need to talk about on the pod, please write to us. Both of our emails are in the show notes. For little real estate tidbits and a little bit of banter, okay, a lot of banter, you can follow us on the gram. Our handle is the doubleshot.podcast. That, my friends, is the doubleshot.podcast. Until next time, think of us when you sit back and sip your next double shot.